my God. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. I'm an American, and that's where I stand on this. But to watch Black Lives Matter and the left everywhere celebrate people on motorized hang gliders coming into a peace rally rave with a bunch of delusional leftist Jews who are literally thinking they're safe right next to Gaza, unarmed, is disgusting. Both groups, obviously Hezbollah a hundred times worse, but also the delusional people at that party. I mean, let me tell you, I'm a tough guy. I'm not going to an all-night party. I'll go to those anyways. Next to two and a half million people who want to kill me where they hear the music and the party. It's absolutely insane, but that's the delusion of the left you see everywhere going into the worst neighborhoods and getting stabbed and murdered because they've promoted all this anti-white garbage that extends to Jews because they're white, according to the left, and the Democratic Party's real anti-Semitism issue. You regret calling for the release of millions of dollars to Hamas? You're on federal property. Get you this here. Congressman Allred, do you regret calling for the release of millions of dollars to Hamas? And I've done nothing to the Palestinians and nothing to the Jews. And I live in central Texas. And, and, and you know, I mean, I feel bad for the Uyghurs, three million of them in a slave camp with, you know, slaves for Apple and other U.S. corporations. They're Muslims, but I'm against what's happening to them. And I'm against what's happening to these Jews being slaughtered. And I, I think it's terrible what's happening in the carpet bombing of the, of the um, Gaza Strip, the Palestinians. But... It is not my dog. It is not my fight. And I am American. And I I am so tired of turning on the news and hearing about Saudi Arabia and Israel and Germany and the UK and France and Russia and China and South Africa and Nigeria and Mexico and Chile and Brazil and Timbuktu, man. Our borders are wide open. Hundreds of thousands are dying from fentanyl. Mass suicide. I don't care what color you are. We're screwed as a country. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. And we've sent hundreds of billions to Zelensky, that cokehead. And we've got war with Russia. And I am just disgusted by all of it. U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's uh, nature that we're talking about and they will be dying. And I refuse to dance to the tune or be pulled by the strings of the Muslims or whoever is in power at the time in Israel. I'm supposed to just salute the flag because I'm pro-Israel and do what they say. And then it's political. I'm tired of it. Because Israel's seen as the underdog when all the Arab countries ganged up on them, that was wrong. Well, Israel's not really getting ganged up on now. They got thousands of nuclear weapons. But that said, I don't want war with Israel, and I don't sit back and go, yeah, give it to them Jews. Boy, let's kill some Jews. I'm disgusted by it. I want to throw up. A new bucket for monsieur. But it's worse. I'll, I'll just tell you. I mean, I, I, I am disgusted the politics in Israel, so are the Jews over there. Majority of them think they're in a dictatorship. I think they are, basically. Bibi is a murderer. That's what the people behind me are chanting. Bibi is a murderer. But, I mean, the Muslims, if America's so bad, stop 
coming over here. Stop coming here and signing up for welfare and then walking around in your nightgowns all day and bitching about me. I'm not your enemy. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to run your life. But let me explain something. I'm not submitting to Allah. Anybody trying to make me submit to your crap is, quite frankly, my enemy. Don't sit here and tell me choose a side when Israel has become its own cancer to itself. But you are stage four brain cancer. And I I just want you to know, I don't like any of your political leaders. I reject it all. And I'm not part of your paradigm. Get it? I'm not part of your sick, ongoing tribal warfare. Got that? Keep me out of your crap. Uh, The truth is, I love little Muslim children. I love little Jewish children. I love little Christian children. I I love Hindu children. I love Buddhist children. I love children that are born to these horrible atheist families. I I I just want to stop killing. Information War. It's Alex Jones. Well, a big crowd of tens of thousands of people marched down Pennsylvania Avenue and they took over the U.S. Capitol and they went on the floor of the Capitol. And they pushed past the police. And they weren't arrested. We weren't told it was the worst day since Pearl Harbor. I'm sorry. Worse than Pearl Harbor. Worse than 9-11. I wonder if they'll be getting uh, four-year prison sentences for walking through the velvet ropes. Or Owen Schroyer that put tape over his mouth a few years ago when they would arrest conservatives for peacefully protesting silently, but let leftists throw fake blood on people, take over the offices of the House and Senate members. He was charged for that. And then they used him the next time he was on the Capitol grounds to say, well, that's it, we're charging you even more because you were here before. His problem was he wasn't supporting Hamas or Hezbollah. And I've been very clear about this. I'm America first. I don't like a lot of the things Israel does. I'm not an enemy of Israel. I'm not an enemy of the Arabs. But where's the Israel lobby trying to control our borders that are being flooded with Islamics? We're hearing now out of the Israel lobby and out of even Breitbart editor that we need to take millions, at least a million people out of Gaza and stick them here so they can, I guess, take over our capitals and run around and shoot and stab and bomb people. A few did get detained after they went in people's offices. The vast majority were left completely alone. Are they going to be spending 20 years in jail, like people that got in scuffles with cops on January 6th? But remember, just walking through the velvet ropes gets you four years. 
Wow, a lot of big developments, obviously, today. Every day gets crazier. It's a big story up on Infowars.com. A worldwide terror alert, a worldwide caution due to increased tensions in various locations around the world and potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests. The Department of State advises U.S. citizens overseas exercise increased caution. And it goes through the issues. Well, you should exercise extreme caution when you walk down downtown streets of any Democrat-run city, and that's basically every city. Is there one city in America run by the left? Not any big ones. From Salt Lake City, Utah, to Austin, Texas, to New York City, New York, to Miami, Florida, to Dallas, Texas, to Detroit, Michigan, to Chicago, to Los Angeles, to Portland, to Seattle, a thousand plus cities, the top thousand, all run by Democrats and all running them right into the ground. So what did I say five weeks ago? I said, look for Islamic Jihad to be activated worldwide. Look for a new war in the Middle East. If I was Jewish, I would not be in Israel. But hey, you want to be a sitting duck? It's your business. Islamic world urge to declare jihad against Israel. Even the king of Jordan is saying the red line's being crossed. So it's on. And I don't know what Netanyahu was thinking when he had the military stand down on October 7th. So that attack would be so big. Did he just think the whole world was going to line up behind Israel? This has been getting set up for a long, long, long time. And they've got their Islamic agents all over everything and in everything. They had one of these little jihadis at the ADL. They've now scrubbed it off their website. Who was caught pulling down pictures at NYU in New York of the Jewish hostages, including children. Don't humanize the Jews. And again, my job's easy. People tune in here and they go to the website. I see the comments. Well, this article's criticizing Israel, and this article's pro-Israel, and this article shows what Jews are saying, and this article shows what Palestinians are saying. That's what I've told my crew to do. I said, if it's got proof, it's interesting, it's informative, show it. It's overwhelmingly true that Israel stood down and allowed their people to be killed. Four or five attack helicopters would have dealt with that easily. They stood down for seven hours. The helicopters were a big base of them, was 10 miles away. Could have been there in five minutes. Fully loaded with weapons. Hell, one helicopter fully loaded with hundreds of rockets and thousands of rounds of ammo could have taken out big portions of them. But, but five of them, I've talked to a lot of military experts, they concur. They said, yeah, five loaded ones took them basically all out. But they have over 200. And all sorts of fixed wing and all sorts of jet aircraft as well, thousands of them. Submarines, attack boats, everything, and they're all there. They left a tiny little group of people down there who were sacrificed didn't know what hit them. So that's a big zinger on Israel. I'll just say it because my job is to tell the truth. But that uh, hospital didn't get hit when the windows got blown out. It was an errant rocket that failed. Been 400 of them in the last couple of years that Islamic jihadis admit they launched out of Gaza that fell on their own people. So I call that like I see it. That's a not a false flag in the classic sense, but the entire corporate media went with it within minutes and is still basically saying, it happened, even though it's been verified in cameras inside the hospital, that indeed that didn't happen. And a lot of people don't want to admit they were wrong 
who went with that. I, right when it happened, I looked at the footage and said, well, those look like real tapes. And it turned out it was from local TV stations and the timestamp that they fire a bunch of missiles from just a few hundred yards southwest of the hospital. And then you see one of them fail at 400, 500 yards in the air and go boom. And then there's uprisings all over the world, and Talib is crying about it yesterday, well after it's known that it wasn't Israel. And then they stormed the Capitol. And I still have branches of the FBI trying to get me indicted for January 6th, even though it came out in the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post this year that the head of the Justice Department said, Clearly, we've already got all Jones's stuff. They got warrants. They got subpoenas. They subpoenaed everything. Not the January 6th kangaroo committee, but the, the Justice Department did. We, we found out about it from the banks and from uh, telephone companies. And I mean, they told us, hey, this has been subpoenaed. And they said, Jones is innocent. Because it's all in my text messages. It's all there. We tried to stop it. Obviously, attacking the Capitol is the stupidest thing ever. Talk about destroying our cause. I just We walked right into a trap. And they're still trying to indict me, the, the lower-level groups. They had to have the Justice Department, not that Merrick Garland likes me, but said the top counsel headed by him said, nope, and that they killed the D.C. investigation group from indicting me. I would have already been on trial in D.C., folks. That's how crazy these people are. And I guess they thought they could still get a jury to commit, uh, to convict me. They need to c- commit me, maybe. I'm starting to go crazy here. And the reason I uh, raise that is this is all completely out of control. And it's extremely dangerous. And as I've said, when they allow the jihadis to attack us, and there's terror attacks across the West that have already started in Europe, People getting killed, stabbed, bombed, firebombings in Germany, shot. It's just a footnote that it's an Islamic doing it. And there's no discussion of why did the governments bring, in the case of Europe, tens of millions of these people in, millions here. And and Americans have a wake-up call where they turn on the news, whether you're in Texas or whether you're in Florida, whether you're in New York, and there's just Muslims boiling out all pissed. uh, And they're overrunning military bases in Turkey. I mean, it's it's crazy. And of course, when they do it, it's peaceful. Even though it's violent, when we do it peacefully, we're supposedly violent. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Last year, we put this book out. The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next-level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself to the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. 
My fellow patriots, the trifecta has not been in stock for years. Many of these products have been sold out for years, but we've not had all three of them at once together at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. This is your best opportunity at the lowest price to support the broadcast, but more importantly, experience DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, and Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. All three of these products are back in stock right now for a limited time at 40% off. It would take me an hour to tell you about what's in DNA Force Plus or Real Red Pill Plus or Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about these products, find out why they're so game-changing, and get yours today. DNA Force Plus, Real Red Pill Plus, Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula, all three back in stock. It's the trifecta sale, 40% off for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com, and it keeps us on air. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. top story, but I've had probably six members of the crew come up to me. My phone is blowing up. And so later in the hour, before all these huge guests come on, I'll, I'll spend the last segment on this because it's informative when you know the big picture. And that's exclusive. Tech billionaire Peter Thiel was an FBI informant. Now, it's not my job to defend Peter Thiel, but he's been behind the scenes supporting Trump and America first type stuff. But the idea that the, the, the establishment is leaking this on him now really shows you their game plan and how aware they are that the FBI is super toxic and not trusted and hated. Because they want to limitedly go, oh, look, this guy's an FBI operative, high level. Oh, because there's a big program the last two years against Teal. And that the uh, deep state is definitely, at least a large segment of it, very unhappy with him. So I'll give you the inside baseball uh, on that coming up. People need to understand something. All these tech moguls are above the FBI. Of course, uh, Peter Thiel designs and runs large segments of the NSA program. Uh, So, uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, an FBI informant. Sure he is. Yeah, they give the FBI a ton of information. And that's part of a public program, the details of which are secret. Only one segment of it's called InfraGuard. So I'll do the deep dive. It'll only take 10 and a half minutes. That's how long the fifth segment of the hour is, but I'll I'll spend 10 plus minutes on it and just tell you what's going on with him. Only because it's a leftist attack and and you need to know what's going on. Now, is he a good guy? I don't know. I mean, he he definitely is involved in some of the main software that he designed that is used to surveil everybody. And so, I mean, there you go. I mean, here's another little nugget. I'll get into Elon Musk. Elon Musk... is a secret officer in Space Force, and Trump made him 
the deputy head of Space Force. Oh, top secret stuff there? Hmm, I look at the feds spinning in their graves, their cultural graves. So let's just stop lying to each other about how the world works, okay? They've been transferring power to the corporate leaders for decades. That's the Bilderberg model. You can pull up Bloomberg headlines a decade ago. We need to get rid of elections in Europe and, and, and appoint technocrats. We penetrate the cabinets. They, they, they're, they're, they're phasing out elected governments and bringing in the technocrats. Remember what Klaus Schwab said a few years ago about Bill Gates? In your new incarnation, you will be over the medical system of the world. Tell us about it. And he's been chosen in this corporate board BlackRock system as he's the medical head. With his deputy Fauci, and it turns out Fauci commands the CIA. So they're not working for the FBI. The FBI is told when Peter Thiel says jump, they say how high. He he doesn't work for the FBI. The FBI works for him. So it isn't a defense of him. It's like this is all hidden in the laws that have been passed and the regulations that are there. And I. I said I did it last segment. I already am. That's how I do it. I'll tell you about it later. Let me tell you about it right now. But there's so much to this, and and people are just like, whoa, my gosh, he's FBI informant. But you see that bear? It's got brown fur, and I saw it pooping in the woods. Did you? I I saw a salmon in the in the water. It was. I saw a bird flying in the sky. I. The whole country's run by this. The intelligence agencies run. Almost everything. And what they're trying to shut down, they don't run. And Trump tried to take control of it, and they said, no, 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 no. And he got a bunch of people in the intelligence agencies to go with him. That's why the deep state was so threatened. And that's the internal fight that's going on. And now the group that controls the Justice Department and controls most of the cities and is funded by BlackRock and the UN and the globalists, they're outlawing their political opposition right now. They're now moving for criminal charges, greenlit by the Supreme Court of Brazil for Bolsonaro because he's so popular for challenging the election. Not allowed to do that. They've indicted Trump challenging the election. They've indicted the front runner who's a super patriot in Argentina because he's 20 points ahead and about to be the president. We're winning hearts and minds. We're winning elections. So their plan is put us in where? Prison. What do you do when you're a ruling class that's unpopular and evil and disliked? You don't leave power. You try to stay in power. But if you're culturally up against people that know the facts and are offering a better future that's nonviolent, how do you stop an idea that's more popular and it's growing in popularity exponentially? Well, you paint it as racist. You paint it as terrorist. You stage events or you allow events to happen that demonize that group. And every day, without even looking, I see it on the news or I, it's sent to me or I read it, white supremacist killer testifies he was radically radicalized by conspiratorial content like InfoWars. So that's vice. So they say like InfoWars. He said conspiracy theories. And then by the time that goes out, the next article, Raw Story, white nationalist who killed Muslim family says he was radicalized by Alex Jones. So see, the idea is I'm violent. I'm causing violence because I don't want to have unlimited immigration from Muslim countries of military-age men 
so they can engage in all of this behavior. But that's every day. Alex Jones causes violence. Alex Jones is going to kill you. Alex Jones is going to hurt you. That's a mini false flag. The guy said he was on a bunch of drugs, ran over some Muslims, and now he's been convicted. And Canadian national TV, I didn't even play this, but it was on every major channel. I was sent six or seven clips of it. CBC, you name it. Alex Jones made this man kill people. What are we going to do about him? He needs to be taken off air. He's killing people. Because I report that we've got hundreds of thousands a year, military-aged men from the Middle East pouring across, and is that a good idea? And it's like the ADL worker just got caught out pulling down signs of kidnapped Jews. Not allowed to do that. The ADL is a censorship organization. They're hardcore leftists that I've said are allied with radical Islam. How many times have I said that? They're there to lead the Jews into the New World Order. And now they've been caught yet again. Or was it a false flag? Oh, look, leftists are pulling down these pictures and then her identity was found. No, I know, no, no. She's a, she's a super hardcore leftist. I don't think it's a false flag because they've caught leftists all over the country at libraries and universities pulling down pictures of kidnapped Jews. So, yeah, you got a guy on magic mushrooms and a bunch of drugs, and he runs over to people, and it's like, oh, it's Alex Jones. Yeah, he, he did it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's a worldwide terror alert issued by the State Department. Brace for false flag attacks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. You thought the leaden winter would bring you down forever But you rode upon a steamer to the violence of the sun Broadcasting live from the U.N. stronghold, Austin, Texas You're listening to The Alex Jones Show And the colors of the sea find your eyes with trembling all right, I'm going to dive back into all this news and information right now. I'm going to try to move quick. There's a lot of it. We have some really big guests joining us today. I probably should mention that to you. Peter St. Onge is going to be joining us. He was one of the best economists and incredibly uh, well-spoken about the world economy and just 
the carbon taxes, cutting off the food supply, the whole new world order, the wars. That is in the second hour. That is going to be amazing. MTG was in the middle of the leftist insurrection uh, by their yardstick, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than 9-11, when they stormed the Capitol and tussled with police. Again, that's worse than 9-11, worse than uh, just anything really in history. It's, it's, it's just worse than anything we've ever seen, worse than uh, Pearl Harbor. Of course, it's not, but the, the media is not making a big deal about this and saying it's totally normal, like peacefully protesting or mostly peaceful when they burn down billions of dollars of uh, private businesses and homes and poor people's houses and cars and kill a bunch of people. That is mostly peaceful. Uh, so don't expect any big prison sentences for that, but she'll be joining us. She'll also talk about the speaker fight and more. Stu Peters is going to be joining us as well, always a firebrand and extremely insightful. So that's uh, what we've got, as well as Drew Hernandez joining us to give his take on all this. He's always extremely uh, to the point as well. So look for all of that on this Thursday, October 19th, 2023 broadcast. All right, I want to get into something really important here. Really, 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 really important. Because while we're talking about war and open borders and famine and the globalists and the U.N. treaties and all the rest of it, what's in the U.N. treaties for the standardized global digital currency? What, what's in the U.N. treaty on pandemic response? Well, it's the total takeover of our bodies, of our medical records, and of our national policy. And the U.N. policy is camps, locking people up, forced testing, mask, forced injections, a nightmare. And Trump gave a big speech on this yesterday. It's on Infowars.com. Adon Salazar wrote about it. I suggest you watch it and share it. Trump blasts CCP-run corrupt globalist scam World Health Organization. Yes. But it is the pretext for this. We have famous clips of Klaus Schwab in French and in German on German TV saying, within a few years, probably five or six, this is five years ago, we will begin putting chips in your body to buy and sell. It will control everything. Total transparency. And there he is on TV saying it with the closed captioning. I don't think I'm going to subject you to the clip again. Just type in Klaus Schwab. says the population will be microchipped to buy and sell. You'll get the clip. It's everywhere. Well, now we have a WEF whistleblower, a high-level professor who's a member of the group, warns of globalist plan to microchip the population. The global elite plan to coerce people to take implantable microchips by requiring them in order to access digital currencies, universal basic income, and other services, a former World Economic Forum member has warned. German economist and former WEF global leader turned whistleblower Richard Werner, who I want to get on the show, urged caution on the emerging technologies. And he walks through how they plan to trap you by incrementalism or successive approximation. Here is the bombshell clip. The idea had been by central banks to introduce this, as we said, central bank digital currency. But have you ever seen an article or a video or, you know, whatever description of what it actually looks like? I mean, with central bank paper money, we know what it looks like, right? Bank digital currency, we know, and, you know, we've used it ourselves. We know what it looks like. But what does central bank digital currency look like? You see? So they never talk about that because... People won't actually like the looks of it. Yeah. Because it apparently looks, and, and several central banks apparently, as I, as I heard from my sources, have already fully developed the final stage of CBDC. I mean, it comes in stages initially, likely through your mo- mobile phone, yeah. but it's only an intermediate step. Mm. 
And the final stage is, you know, it's, it's small and it's the size of a, a grain of rice. Now, why is that? And it, it, that grain of rice is your entire wallet? or Yes, it's your digital ID, yeah. your wallet, uh, can be your, your, um, your passport, your key. Um, now, of course, what we found with our debit cards or credit cards is they've already now moved to the system, you know, RFID chips, um, RFID yeah. um, technology where you just wave the thing, yeah. contactless. Yes. That is sort of the, the, you know, conditioning us in this direction. That yeah. In the future, you'll just wave your hand because you've got the microchip, the, the microchip implant yeah. under your skin. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, and each, each step, there's a rational reason, you know, it's, it's easier just to wave this, isn't it? It's much faster because we always have to wait in the queues as everyone types in their numbers and all that. To just wave it, it's quicker. Uh, but the, the next rationalization would be, well, but you can lose your card. Somebody can steal your card. Mm. And then you're just waving. Yeah. That's kind of risky. Well, yeah. wouldn't it be nice if you couldn't lose it and nobody could steal it? Um, you know, so, but it's clear that that's sort of, it is almost a step too far for a lot of people because it is a violation of human dignity to actually inject something like that under the skin. So, mm. um, that's where you need some more persuasion. Yeah. And it's interesting that this concept of universal basic income has been around for around a century where everyone should get some kind of citizen's you know, payment. Uh, but the, the billionaire elites have so far not liked that. But since 2015, they've all come out. I mean, all the big billionaires and, and World Economic Forum have come out. Oh, this is a good idea. Universal basic income. Well, why suddenly now? Because now we have the technology for the microchip implant. Um, and so in 2017, Bill Gates came out and said that universal basic income is a good idea, um, but it's too early to introduce it. Now, what was still missing? So we had the technology for the microchip implant, but what was missing was the digital ID hadn't been introduced. Now, this is where this whole COVID agenda had become very useful. Mm. All right, so let's be one trillion percent clear on this, okay? This is a chief economist, one of the top guys in Germany, who worked in the development of a new system. I've looked him up, but I already don't need to believe him. I know it's true. It just verifies it more. And it shows their own people are going public saying this is terrible. Klaus Schwab said five years ago on French TV and German TV, first it'll be a little chip on your wallet, then in your clothes, then in your skin, and within five years we'll start implementing it. Well, here we are. Bill Gates is now working with the UN and Communist China that developed the technology for the universal basic income, for the social credit score, and for the chip that carries it, a universal standard system under the UN. That's world government. That's a cashless society that controls what you can do, how you can spend it, and they admit all this. You will eat bugs, you will own nothing, you'll have nothing, you'll like it. And they're going to make everybody so poor and shut down so much of the economy that people will say, well, this is great, at least I get a few taxi rides, self-driving cars, and I, and I get a few extra meals a week, and I get 2000 bucks a month. You get this little stipend, but then it controls where you can spend it, where you can use it, so that builds up the globalist economy more, shuts down what's left the old economy more, 
and the people that sign on to this can't see that's destroying them and, 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 and disenfranchising them by the second. So this is how they bring in the post-industrial world. They don't just cut off energy. They don't just shut down organic farming. They don't just shut down ranching, which the UN's doing all over the world, wrecking countries doing it. They then shut down your ability to buy and sell and only buy and sell with them. Total 360 control of every facet of society. Now, just to talk about the mindset of these people, Patrick McDavid, and I'm glad he raises this because I've talked about this, but not enough. I haven't talked about this in years. That he told the LA Times, he told a bunch of other newspapers, it's in his book, one of his books, George Soros said, I believe I am the Messiah, actually, in one of the quotes. The letter he went, well, you know, I'm delusional, but not really. I actually became the Messiah, and I've lived it. So they want to put a chip in you, and they think the guy thinks he's the Messiah. And he, he's a big part of the whole group. So here's a short clip about the mindset of these people. I heard Soros' interview with... 60 minutes where he says, I see myself as a God. Have you ever seen this uh, interview or, or what he says? No. Really? He said oh. he sees himself as a God. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 Jamie, do you mind pulling up the quote? I think it's if you type in L.A. Times Soros God. If you type in L.A. Times Soros God, when you hear what he says. Uh, I've, okay, right there. It seems that Soros believes he was anointed, anointed by God. I fancied myself as some kind of a God. If truth be known, I carried some rather potent messianic fantasies with me from childhood, which I felt I had to control. Otherwise, they might get me in trouble. And then on the next line, when asked by Britain's independent newspaper to elaborate on the passage, Soros says, it is sort of a disease when you consider yourself some kind of a God the creator of everything, but I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. So I thought I might be crazy because I thought it was God until I became God. What's Ray Kurzweil said? I don't believe in God yet. I'll be a God. What does Yuval Noah Harari say? What does Bill Gates say? Figure it out yet. These are some dangerous, crazy people. But what's the big takeaway here? You better support farmers' markets. You better support your local clothing manufacturer. You better support your local independent schools. You better support the little small church. You better go to the mom and pop restaurant. Because, sure, a big box store looks nice. And I'm not saying you can avoid them at all times, but support the little guys as much as you can. Because if you don't, you let these people get full control. So a Walmart looks non-threatening, but it's as new world order as you can get. They're housing the illegal aliens all over the country in Walmarts. And, then, and that's just a microcosm. These are predatory corporations. When you have self-checkout, at a, but a meritocracy based on what they could produce, what they could do. And there were two things that really fueled and funded the colonies and the launch of America in 1776. And both of them are interesting. Both of them have dark histories. But both of them are something that you can enjoy responsibly. That's, of course, tobacco and the Virginia colony. And that's, of course, whiskey. And Sam Adams with whiskey and beer was one of the main boosters and funders, in fact, probably the biggest funder, of George Washington and our troops. So it was whiskey and beer, not wine that the liberals love to drink. I'm not against wine. It's just a fact that literally fueled the start of our country along with this tobacco. And I enjoy both, but I've really gotten good over the years at being responsible. Sometimes I might go four months, that's the longest I've gone the last few years, with no tobacco, 
or no alcohol. But when I'm with friends, when I'm with family, when I'm with patriots, I enjoy both of them, and they go together like a horse and carriage. So, two years ago, I got approached by great patriots from some of my connections who are major craft whiskey producers in Kentucky. So they brought me dozens of these amazing whiskeys that they had developed and and also procured. And out of all of them, I like this Kentucky straight bourbon. And again, I'm I'm no whiskey connoisseur. I just know what tastes good, what I like, uh, what you know feels good, uh, which you know doesn't give me that big hangover after. I liked out of dozens, over a dozen I tried, this whiskey. Now the bad news is they only had so many barrels of it, and so it's a limited supply. There's ten thousand bottles of this as of the time I'm cutting this. And it is amazing. And, and, and it's been ready for a year because of leftists trying to block it being in stores and behind the scenes harassment and debanking and stuff of this major whiskey company. This has been in the warehouse for a year. So it wasn't just aged for the years it was in the barrels. It's been aged by their censorship and went from amazing to incredible. So it's a very special bottle too. That's why we have all these government documents here uh, in front of me right here. Because if you aim a black light at Conspiracy Bourbon, conspiracybourbon.com's the only place to get it. It's got all of these hidden messages on it, on the front and on the back. So like I said, this is really, really special. Limited run, only place to get it. We have the Conspiracy Imperatives, 10 of them, kind of the Ten Commandments. There's only 10,000 bottles of this at conspiracybourbon.com. Destroy the tyrants. It just goes on and on. This is very, very special. I would imagine that most people that get this are never going to open it. Gut level, I think this is going to be a major collector's item. We could have sold it for $200 in the market. It's 60-something bucks instead, and it's a fundraiser for the operation. We're really, 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 really proud of it. So while you're hanging out with your friends, your family, your coworkers, you name it, it's really important to remember what Americana is all about. And if you are somebody that likes a fine whiskey, well, this is it. And it funds the Info War, a true 360 win. For myself, the entire InfoWars crew, here's to you and here's to America. This isn't some Dylan Mulvaney, Anheuser-Busch, transgenderism, you know, creepazoid targeting our children. This is high-quality American Kentucky whiskey, Kentucky bourbon, funding the second American revolution against tyrants. So here's all the past patriots, the current patriots, and future patriots. This drink of conspiracy is for you. One place to get it, conspiracybourbon.com. And believe me, this is going to sell out quick, so if you want it, get yourself a bottle today at conspiracybourbon.com. Yeah, it's a mistake not to get that. That's going to be very valuable, in my opinion. And I say opinion as a proviso. No doubt in my mind, but bottles of this in five years will be going for $1,000 a piece because it's the first run, limited edition. And it keeps us on air, a 360 win. All right, let's talk about Peter Thiel. Uh, he's a Bilderberg Group member. He developed a bunch of the key NSA technology in the last 25 years that runs the spy grid reportedly for overseas, we all know it's used against us. Uh, out of the crop of globalists, I'd say he's more of a uh, enigma because he was heavily behind Trump. 
He's been heavily behind a lot of other populist movements around the world, just like Elon Musk is doing now, but more behind the scenes. He has been battling the leftist New World Order. He's more of a libertarian. But it doesn't mean I trust him. It, it, it doesn't mean that I know, you know everything about him or, or what his mind is. But there's been a large two-year campaign to go after Peter, and they've hit him from every angle, and it hasn't worked. And so now they leaked this big investigative report that's all over the news that he was an FBI informant because they know the FBI is super unpopular, super disliked now, and has like a 15% approval rating with the public. And so how do you hurt somebody that's anti-establishment? You go, well, he really is with us. Ladies and gentlemen, since World War II, really before that, anybody that is super powerful and involved in national security stuff selling the NSA its main spy system and administering a lot of it is going to be hooked up with the Justice Department as well at a junior level. So he's not just an FBI informant. He has multi-star general level security clearances and positions at the National Security Agency. He administers and oversees a lot of it. And of course, then when they get the data, they many times will have the NSA reporting to the FBI because that creates congressional oversight. They do it through different interfaces in the corporation. So I'm not endorsing this. I'm not saying it's good. But the idea that it's an expose, that he's an FBI informant of the highest level and highly trusted is, is, is meant to blow his cover so that he won't be able to have those security clearances anymore. Just like the Trump people he tried to bring in, what the deep state do, try to not give him security clearances or pull their security clearances. So this is about pulling his security clearances, whether he's good, bad, or indifferent. I think the jury's out, just like with Elon Musk. He's not out with George Soros and people like that. And so, oh, exclusive business insider. Fish swim in the ocean. Tech billionaire Peter Thiel was an FBI informant. And then it goes into what's going to happen now and the fact that he was in the MAGA movement and should he even be able to have these security clearances now. So it's about pulling his security clearance and also saying, oh, he's a rat. Because if you are with the leftist Justice Department, the New World Order, you're a rat. But, but let me go further. There are a bunch of secret programs, but one they launched after 2001 is InfraGuard. Tens of thousands of organizations and groups, if you run a dam or you run a chemical plant that if somebody doesn't know what they're doing could blow up the whole city, or you're in weapons manufacturing, bomb manufacturing, nuclear weapons manufacturing, nuclear spent fuel storage. I mean, there's when I say tens of thousands, that's a conservative number. There are tens of thousands of companies and groups, the big banks, the airports, all of them, have InfraGuard officers always on deck. They have an FBI badge of InfraGuard. They have an FBI security clearance card. They go to constant FBI meetings. They go to threat fusion centers. And that's their dual operation, and many of them are paid. And and so if you are at that level in this whole national security apparatus, you are in InfraGuard or several other groups above it. So again, I just see ridiculous articles by Business Insider, like they're breaking something. And Business Insider is a globalist, a very nasty organization. And they're using the heat on them. I remember telling when Rand Paul first won the Senate 
and, and we were instrumental. He came on the show and stuff, and he admitted we were instrumental. He thanked the audience. Like half his fundraising was from the audience. He was an underdog. He won. They dressed up people in KKK outfits and said they were his supporters. That got blown on this show. Politico called me back when I was still talking to mainstream media. They said, how could he have been beaten? Why did he win? And I said, well, if you would have endorsed him at Politico, Rand Paul would have won. And, and, but the, the globalists are too arrogant to ever admit that. But now they're starting to get it. Oh, Peter Till's not going along with us. He's secretly behind Trump again. We'll just blow his cover. And he also wears a hat with the FBI. Well, he doesn't wear it. He, he has a general's epaulette in the NSA, and, and so does Elon Musk, but not at the NSA. Musk is an officer. You think they let people put 10,000 satellites in orbit and run giant heavy boosters and, 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 and that that guy isn't a, a, a crossover where they're transferring government power to corporations? Elon Musk is an officer, deputy in command of Space Force, and Trump was setting up a new agency so he could put his people in it because they blocked him in all the other branches. So, Elon Musk is the deputy head of, of, of Space Force. Peter Thiel is one of the top people at the National Security Agency. And that's a fact, and that's the real world. So, there you go, Business Insider. Wow, you really scooped it. You really exposed it. Amazing. Wow, we're really impressed. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, we're going to be right back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Alex Jones, your host. Infowars.com forward slash show, band.video of the Coordinates of Liberty. We have an incredible expert. This guy is a genius, and I don't say that lightly. Joining us next hour, we're going to cover the waterfront. Stay with us. Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next-level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself to the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. Peter St. Ange is joining us. Coming up for the hour in five minutes. Everybody, you know, tune in. This is going to be informative. Well, it just shows how sloppy the Biden administration is. Massive security breach. White House shares uncensored picture of Delta Force operators in Israel. Well, yeah, the White House is full of Chicom operatives and Islamic operatives. Why not? Just when you think the Biden administration can't be any more incompetent, they somehow find a way to lower the bar. That's the story after the White House published a photo on Facebook of Delta Force operators that are on the ground level. And then I noticed we're showing their faces blocked out. It's too late. It's all over the place. By the way, those guys stick out like sore thumbs. They look like Superman, you know, perfectly in shape. They all look that the same. I mean, I can walk into any crowd. The craziest part is when you learn the different look of different military groups, 
you're like, okay, you're a Navy SEAL and you're an Army Ranger. Oh, you're in Delta Force. They'll all freak out. Go, how do you know that? I go, I just learned the look of what those different things are looking for. And it's just, you stick out like a sore thumb. But there you go. Biden put it out without their faces blacked out, showing that they have absolutely no awareness of anything. Now, they've been advised by people to have awareness. Like a year ago, or almost a year ago, in December last year, Biden said, we can't send long-range cruise missiles. We can't send Abrams tanks. We can't send F-16s. That's World War III. The Russians will escalate and put nukes on their planes. They've now done it. And then somebody just said, hey, forget what the real war games and research and intel shows. Screw all the people that actually do this for a living. I mean, look at Biden. And and by the way, the, the, the Democrats have decided not to get rid of him. They've been trying to. He won't step down. So they said, well, he can keep going. I mean, what is wrong with that guy? Nobody will meet with him in the Middle East except the Israelis because they don't want to meet with a puppet. They all wanted to meet with Trump. This is a guy that was taking on the deep state and actually trying to run America. And America had been closed for business for decades, and Trump said it's open again, and trillions flooded in instantly. Everybody's like, yeah, we want to be prosperous. We want to invest in you. America's back. He's like, yeah, okay. And they put this guy in. It's like a wonk, 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 wonk. Well, look at look at Blinken peering around the corner. <laughs> I mean, these people are a joke. They have no situational awareness. They have no understanding of history. They have no understanding of anything. They don't know what they're looking at. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. He's a lawyer and a con artist and a KKK sympathizer. He's a social climbing joke who was put into power and is now has dementia. They got him on all these drugs. He's on Air Force One. They go, hey, he actually woke up. He's able to talk for a minute. You know, I didn't talk about this. I talked about it a few years ago when he got information. I got more information from the Secret Service and others uh, in the last few weeks. And I uh, met with some folks, and they told me that they don't know what the drugs are, but they inject him to get him going. Then they inject him again. That's why he shows up in the morning on, 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 on amphetamines. They know it's that. Then they put him down again for a few hours with other drugs. They don't know exactly what they are, but the doctor's there. And then they bring him back for galas and events that are needed. So it really is elder abuse or pedophile abuse because he is an old evil pedophile, but that is an 81-year-old husk of a man that they're risking his life every day injecting amphetamines into his arteries, into his veins. So they can wind him up and send him back out. And that guy's in control of the nuclear launch codes and commanding troops in the field. So that's how reckless these lawyers like Blinken are. These are psychotics who are out of their depth. They'll kill us all.
front lines of the information war, it's Alex Jones. Peter St. Ange, Ph.D., is our guest for the balance of the hour. I've known about him for years, reading articles he wrote, but I only started watching his videos six months ago. This guy is amazing. He's getting three, four million views per video, some more. Very exciting. He's an economist at the Heritage Foundation and Mises Institute fellow and former professor in Taiwan and ex-bartender. He likes to make the point he's on regular jobs. That's so important. Or you're culturally uh, not playing with the full deck. He makes daily videos about economics and freedom. Peter St. Ange.com, O-N-G-E, Peter St. Ange.com. And you can check him out on Twitter at Professor or Profess Ange. And uh, we he, he he joins us now. I'm sure he's used to people like me butchering his cool, uh, famous name. So, uh, by the way, I looked up your name because I'd never seen that name before months ago. It's quite the prestigious uh, name there. So, so maybe probably related to King Charles or something, but getting serious here. Wow. You cover everything. South Africa, the war, the devaluation of currency, the, the, the culture wars, just everything you say from my own research is spot on. You just lay it out so beautifully. So great to have you here. Where would you like to begin as you uh, school our audience that is very hungry uh, for your amazing gravitas? Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Alex. I've, of course, been a fan for many, many years. I saw you speak in San Antonio about eight years ago and still uh, remember that. That was at uh, Doug Casey's conference out there. In terms of what is going on in the world, you know, we are, I think all of us recognize that we are in a very unsustainable place. You know, there's that uh, uh, good times create weak men, weak men make hard times. And, you know, I think we are absolutely in that process now. We're just watching things collapse all around us. And uh, really what I think put it in the sort of first gear here was the COVID lockdowns. I mean, they they broke heaven and earth to get those totalitarian lockthroughs into place. And uh, as far as the economy goes, uh, that, that broke everything. Right? It was a tremendous amount of spending that, um, you know, it both crippled the economy because you you sort of suck resources over to the government and then it created the inflation to fight the inflation they then had to strangle the economy like we are just going through this this series of catastrophes that all started with that um one just fatal mistake and of course you've been talking about all the other things that has broken in terms of society so really worldwide now uh you know we're just waiting for the next shoe to drop constantly and every single thing they do to try to fix it is making it worse. Absolutely. So I'm just amazed by your understanding of all this. So, Professor uh, or, 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 or Doctor, where would you like to begin here in the world where we are today? You, you can start any place you want. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it all depends how far back you go. But there was really a concerted effort uh, starting really about 150 years ago in the late uh, 19th century, but culminating in the progressive era. And the goal was to capture the government and then use that as a tool uh, to create utopia, whatever whatever that would be. And, it, you know, World War One really sort of accelerated that. It gave them a massive amount of power uh, that was really unpopular. And so, you know, people rejected it and they... Um, they, you know, had to, it was called the return to normalcy under Harding. Uh, but those guys, they had a taste of power. 
and they were addicted to it. And by the time World War II came around, they just they they dusted off the old playbook. Actually, it started during the Depression. They went back to that World War One totalitarian uh, government that we had, totalitarian economy. They put that back in. That's how you know we got the Great Depression. They then continue that through World War II, pulled back a tiny bit, but really we've been dealing with that ever since. And then, you know, I think COVID really, I think it'll go down in history as something pretty close to the scale of World War I in terms of their seeing an opportunity to take more and more power over our lives, but over the economy specifically. And that's the key. It's You're saying almost, we're at one of those historic mm-hmm. inflection points and the establishment knows yeah. that they're in this area where we're not frozen we're liquefied in their description and this is when they're going to make their move it's when we make our move yeah yeah i think they absolutely are and you know the saving grace is that they are so incompetent like if you're going to have totalitarians you really don't want competent ones right you don't want ones who are good at you don't want adolf hitler (laughs) yeah right right you want the trains to very much not run on time so that people will complain about it and they'll start asking why are we giving these idiots control over our lives so fortunately, we do have incompetent totalitarians, uh, but it does mean that, you know, there's some stormy weather between uh, or anyway for the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, because the danger is, yeah, keep... they're incompetent, but they can blow us up because they don't even know what they're doing. Like, what's more dangerous? That's exactly. A, a, a yep. competent totalitarian or a competent one? Yes, it's an interesting question. Unfortunately, we're probably going to find out here. <laughs> so, you know, the way they've been pushing the war in Ukraine where uh you know world war three bring it on let's see what happens and i think really they they learned sort of a dangerous lesson during covid which was that you know shutting down half the economy that had never happened even during wartime you don't do that all at once and it was really pretty good for them they had a lot of fun with it uh they didn't suffer they you know got to crank out all this stimulus and and buy the votes and sort of tranquilize the population into sitting down and shutting up and none of them got punished for it. They channeled billions of dollars to their cronies, uh, you know, their little pet projects, their net zero, you know, none of that. Once COVID hit, it's not like anybody said, you know what, uh, you know, we got to focus on this. Let's uh, get rid of this uh, net zero stuff. We'll put that on the back burner. No, that's not what happened at all. Right. All, I mean, it, 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 an entire all of government approach to put as many resources as they well, want. Well, they admitted on any of that COVID was the launch for the net zero green takeover. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So in normal times, if that was really a crisis, you know, if that was the equivalent of wartime, you know, that we were fighting this terrible virus, then you would have said, okay, well, let's let's, you know, take the uh, foot off the accelerator on this social justice and on, you know, net zero and all this other stuff. But that that is absolutely not what they did. Right. They did the exact opposite. And that's actually the pattern. Right. So if you go back to the 2008 crisis, so that was about, you know, mortgage um, backed securities. And I mean, it was it was a purely financial thing. What's interesting is that you can do a chart of federal regulations by, you know, subject areas. So you got regulations on finance and climate and labor and all these other things, safety, whatever. And if you look at a chart for that, you've got all the regulations every year kind of bumping along. And then 2008 comes and everything goes off the chart, even like, you know, global warming regulations go off the chart. You say, well, that's weird because 2008 crisis was not about global warming. No, what happens is that whenever there is a crisis, the government expands. People are scared. People demand the government do something. And there's a lot of different somethings you can do that involve a lot of crony profits to be made by the people involved in those decisions. And so 
We see that every crisis. I think COVID was just off the charts in terms of the opportunism. And well, you know, that's we right. saw that's why the, the billionaires doubled mm-hmm. their money, like six point yes. nine trillion. And you see the chart: six point eight trillion lost by the public. So it, it was, it was, it was, it was very clear what they did. Why did they have to back off of it though? At a certain point, the compliance wasn't happening. It was becoming too big a story that the shots were poisonous, that they didn't work. And they admit that the WF, as you know, sir, they said, okay, COVID didn't work, cost a lot of power and consolidated power. And and now they admit the the carbon tax into the world, global warming, climate change thing hasn't worked. Bill Gates has even said, no more forcing this. We've got to have the velvet glove approach. So now they say we're going to cut the water off and use terrorism as a pretext in war, and like a light switch got yep. flipped, now we moved on to that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really a crisis industrial complex, and, you know, they're just running through the four horsemen one by one and seeing which one will stick. You remember when they were, you know, during COVID, there was that meme with Indiana Jones swapping out the skull for the, you know, COVID for uh, for global warming, and that's that's absolutely where they are right now. And the reason is because all these crises are immensely profitable. They're very beneficial. These guys get more power. They move up the ranks in Washington. They get golden parachutes out, you know, uh, collaborating with industry. So crisis is profitable. And unfortunately, that's been the case for a long time. I think that really is sort of the story of the 20th century. You know, World War One should have been disastrous for all the yahoos who, you know, screwed up and caused it. It didn't have to happen. And all those guys, that's that's not at all what happened. They they benefited from it. And let's um, be clear, you know, let's be clear, the career. British Empire... Yeah. Did that to stop the German problem, the Austro-Hungarian problem, yep. but it ended up destroying the British Empire. It took thirty years. So the, yep. the, the the lesson is the individuals get rich, but they in the end destroy their own power base. So the next question is: after war, if we survive it, what's the next crisis? I guess as they said, cutting off our water, and can they be stopped? The only way I think. There are two ways you can stop it, right? One of them is that they continue, they screw things up so badly that the frog jumps, you know, so voters just completely reject them. Um, we saw this in China where the they had had elections in Hong Kong for a number of years, and the pro-China side and the pro you know, Hong Kong side were more or less neck and neck. It was a horse race. And then China starts cracking down. It starts arresting all these um, peaceful protesters. And public opinion just turned so strongly that unwisely they had like a last little uh, legislative election. uh, And it was like 92 percent against China. I mean, it was just absolutely everybody had completely rejected them. Uh, And then, of course, they stopped having elections, (laughs) as you would expect. Um, but that's one possibility, right, is that they screw up so badly, they piss people off so badly that, um, you know, they're just completely rejected. I think the problem is that screwing up so badly, you know, you want to kind of walk through, like, what exactly that looks like, right? Do we have depression level uh, unemployment? Do we have, you know, companies collapsing? Do we have uh, hyperinflation? Do we have, you know, some kind of nuclear Well, that's my next uh, question. That's my next question. Mm -hmm. Why is Jamie Dimon and all of them saying, oh, my gosh, depression, emergency, when they've engineered it? Why is suddenly Henry Kissinger saying, oh, we got to close the borders while they still keep them open? They want to act like they're not behind all this because they know they're about to get the blame. They know they're about to get the blame and they can profit from the solutions. You know, if we take the banks, for example, so Jamie Dimon going on about the coming depression, which his his he had a big hand in creating. So then he kind of sets him up as, you know, the um, 
the baby who we must all save for new crises to fund. I mean, really, it's like a venture capitalist who's looking out in the world and trying to look for, you know, little companies to fund because he's hoping they'll they'll get bigger. And we do that, right? We have uh, military in 177 countries. Why 177? Well, because, you know, you got to have a, a a chip on every square on that roulette table in case you can uh, grow one of them up. It really looks like a venture capitalist where the government is creating crises, and that's financed by the Federal Reserve. Um, if we look at the war in Ukraine or uh, what's happening in the Middle East right now, Americans, they don't feel like they're actually paying for it, right? Like they they know in the abstract that 100 billion went to Ukraine, but it didn't actually hit them in any way. Why? Why? Because it's all financed, right? So, this but the price of eggs is but the price of eggs is doubled. That's what happens, right? So the 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 uh, sort of when you squeeze the balloon where it pops out is inflation. That's why inflation is such a key point for them, and inflation gets the frog jumping, right? It starts making the frog think. Okay, things aren't bad enough yet, but I can see the water is getting hot. And so that is why they fight inflation. You know, the Fed doesn't fight inflation because, um, you know, because it's anti-inflation. That's that's like the purpose of the Fed. Central banks are created to print money to create inflation. That is the only thing they do. That's the only place inflation comes from. So why does the Fed fight it? Because they know that they the inflation is the leverage point. If you cut off or if inflation is high enough, then the people will cut off that crisis industrial complex. They'll have to, you know, trim down the deficits. They'll actually have to spend within their means. Exactly. They want to strangle so that, us in our sleep slowly. But if it's aggressive, yes. we might throw them off of us. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you take the wars, the goal is to hide the pain long enough. See, we're just sending them old weapons. You know, this is just stuff that, you know, we've just had mothballed for years. This isn't really costing us anything. Right. So that's the line in the beginning. And, you know, you, you, you sort of finance it until the crisis is nice and baked in. You know, in other words, you've drawn enough blood on the other side that, you know, now it's a proper war. They both sleepwalk sides are you then, into, oh, we need U.S. troops. Bingo. That's exactly right. And then, you know. At that point, it's too late. So now people can see the cost. But, I mean, we're already in the war. You know, we have all these bloody shirts. The other side has bloody shirts. So every single crisis, that's the goal. You tranquilize the public in the beginning until you can grow the crisis big enough. The crisis, you know, it takes on its lobbyists and its champions and its, you know, bureaucratic guys within the government. So it it, it sort of accumulates. It metastasizes this entire little industry that is now committed to growing that crisis. Problem, reaction, solution. So how do you defeat that Bingo. use of again? Hegel's dialectic. Yeah, I mean, you've got to cut it off at the source. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, that is going to take convincing enough people. You know, they, they really have to open their eyes. They have to understand what this thing is. They have to vote for things like balanced budget amendments for, you know, either controlling the Fed or getting rid of the Fed, ideally, to sort of cut off the sources of the power that this complex can use to, you know, sort of fund and nurture and grow all of these crises. Uh, Peter, let me ask you this question. What do you think they're going to pull next? If you look at the tools they've got of their little Swiss army knife here, what's the next thing they're going to pull? Yeah, I mean, they're really pushing it on all fronts. I think terrorism really paid off for them in 2001. And, you know, terrorism has the attraction that it, there's sort of this gray area where you can take very normal people, right? You can take uh, parents who are yelling at, um, you know, school meetings. And I mean, they, you know, we just saw that. Um, so I, I think that's probably the direction that they're going to go. They're going to try to criminalize domestic dissent, um, you know, sort of the uh, terrorists under each bed. 
Uh, and, you know, I mean, but they really are at this point. They're, they're, they're pushing on all crises, right? They're, they're trying to maintain the tempo on every single one. So they, you know, they've got the global warming, the equity. Uh, they are trying to you know, divide people one against the other because they figure they can get a coalition. You know, 51 percent of the population is women and, you know, 30 percent are this and 20 percent that. And if you can put them all together. So, I mean, it's really this um, electoral calculation to try to get everybody uh, to gang up uh, on each other. But, yeah, I mean, I think the most likely thing that they're going to emphasize at this point is probably going to be terror. You just said it right there. They've now given Billions and billions to Hezbollah and Hamas. They've opened the borders up. The Democratic Party that the universities have incubated Islamic Jihad. And then they mm-hmm. allow them to attack and provocateurs and stuff and then take our rights away. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I think the next big thing, we've got the State Department terror alert uh, saying, you know, terror alert, terror alert. And then they think we're so stupid, we won't point out that they're the ones that did it by bringing them yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, always. And and that's really how you do a good crisis, right, is that you set up everything for the crisis to happen. And then you sort of back up at the last moment. You kind of let, you know, some some news headline hit. Then you say, ah, that's what did it all. So they they've been doing this for 100 years. They're very good at it, you know, from the uh, from the sinking of the Lusitania all the way to, you know, Lehman Brothers on the 2008 crisis. You know, it was just, uh, you know, it's just some rogue employees. I mean, they're they're constantly very well, good since at you that. raised that, set sir, up all the well, pins. let's talk about mm-hmm. World War One, the Lusitania. I mean, it, it's always a provocative event. And sure, the British didn't sink the Lusitania, but they sailed it back and forth in front of the Russian submarines. I mean, the, the German <laughs> right. submarines and, and they put ads in the newspapers, this is a ship carrying weapons, and then that was still <laughs> right. used as the pretext, and then it just happens over and over again. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, World War II, I think, the notion that the entire Japanese fleet was sailing halfway around the world, we had spies all over Japan, and we had no idea. They do this on purpose, and, you know, partly I think it's because they know that when the crisis hits— if it's a big enough crisis, they're going to have control over the narrative, at least historically they have. So if you were in World War One and you were saying that, you know, you you guys caused this, you were all but inviting them, begging them to sink the ship. Uh, you know, we had widespread censorship back then. Uh, so I think historically they've been relying on that, that they can set up all the pins and just the very last piece just look for some event to try to knock that over with. Uh, and then, you know, they can sort of protect themselves from the narrative afterwards by censorship. And so, you know, that is why I think you and I both agree that censorship is probably the most important issue right now, because if you don't have that, everybody, even the people who agree with us, they're going to get brainwashed. They're going to get walked off a cliff. Peter St. Ange, PhD, author, researcher, talk show host, PeterStAnge.com, O-N-G-E. You're absolutely right. They need censorship, so we can't point out the obvious. Like Israel, I'm not an enemy of Israel, but I'm an enemy of lies. Seven hours, no attack helicopters, troops stand down. They let their people get killed to allow this all to happen for the larger global trigger. They knew it was going on. They have their, quote, amongst the Arab uh, people that pose as Arabs inside the, the, the West Bank. They knew this operation was coming. That's now come out, but they still went ahead with it. And then on the other side, a hospital gets hit. The evidence is overwhelming mm-hmm. that it was an errant missile, uh, and they still don't care. The West goes with that because they're funding both sides and, and, and promoting and giving oxygen to the hysteria on both sides because it's a new place to stick trillions of dollars in a giant war. Then the mullahs in Iran, who are unpopular and in trouble, 
they get more power. And all the Arab states that are yep. unpopular, they get more power. War is the health of the state. So they're all not yep. working together, but they're all wink, wink, coordinating to let it happen. Yeah, it's almost a dance where every single actor is benefited from the war. And, you know, that's that's dangerous. I mean, it, it's taking the world to a very dangerous place. Uh, and, you know, sooner or later, somebody is going to break it bad enough that it blows up on them or on all of us. But you're absolutely right. Every party involved in that Hamas is stronger than ever. You know, they've got champions now all over the the the, the Middle East who are celebrating them as as uh, freedom fighters. Uh, every single side here is stronger because of the crisis. And- Hold on, Mr. St. On. Stay there. We got to go to break. Amazing. And then I want to shift gears out of the Galian dialectic and, and just yeah. into all the other incredible stories you cover. I watch your stuff every time you put a video out uh, four or five times a week. It's really so many people say to me, Alex, please stop being so negative. Well, for me, admitting I've gotten a rotten tooth and going in a root canal is not negative. It hurts. It stinks. It's got pus coming out of it. I go to the doctor, they fix it. That's not negative. I'm not living in denial. And so think of globalism as being hidden as an infection that we didn't feel yet, but now it's come to the surface. That's actually a positive thing. And so, yeah, Trump did overall a great job. They stole the election. We can't get down about that. We have forced them out in the open. So now they're trying to suppress us because they know they've been exposed. They're scared. That's why instead of saying, oh, we're a bunch of losers, look what happened. No, we're a bunch of winners. They're trying to suppress us. Let our light of truth shine and tell everybody what's happening. Your own website, your own show, my show, other articles, other videos. Just keep sharing however you can and realize we're in an information war. We're going to win this together. And the fight starts at InfoWars.com. You're listening to The Alex Jones Show. Little AI Alex Jones, a little bit of fun here. We'll go back to our special guest. Some folks about me. music only came out about six months ago and it was unlistenable it's getting better and better we've got next segment for you no more mr nice guy uh but uh i love how the ai image even has the bags under my eyes very very funny peter saint Onge, phd great researcher great writer mises institute heritage foundation Uh, look there's so many topics i could raise because i watch your stuff as i said a couple three four times a week you just cut right through it and show the hypocrisy. But let me ask you this question before you go into any subjects you want to cover, whatever's front and center for you. 
This crisis of the Western global elite, the Harvard establishment, they think they're invincible, but all they have is invincible arrogance and hubris and chutzpah. I, I, I have this feeling of, like I'm whistling past the graveyard, of, of doom, and it almost feels dirty to be on air chronicling it like we're just voyeurs or like snuff film connoisseurs. I want to stop it. And we have to laugh about it yeah. or we go crazy, but I don't know how to quantify. You're an interesting guy. I'm sure you have similar thoughts or something like mine of just the horror of this and the ridiculousness of a mad elite with an asleep public going over the edge yes. of Armageddon. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, you've absolutely nailed it. And, you know, it's enraging. Anytime, you know, if you see like a senior citizen getting hustled into, you know, some scam and losing their life savings, uh, it makes you angry. And that's really, I think, what's happening here. You know, part of the reason that I make the videos is that so much of what they do, they hide it in you know, jargon and quote unquote science. And, you know, if you take the Federal Reserve, for example, the entire thing is structured to be difficult to understand so they can hoodwink you so they can get away with it. And, you know, so for me, one of the most important tools we can use to fight that is to show people what exactly this is, what they're doing to you. Um, and at the same time, you know, sometimes when I do the videos, it'll be kind of a dark topic, you know, how we're all going to be eating cat food and and I'll, I'll be sort of cheerful and people will be like, why are you so cheerful? And the reason is because I am certain we will win, right? Every time that the elite is put on an equal footing, okay, like you remember uh, when Biden was first uh, installed and there would be these YouTube videos where what they were like disabling the uh, the dislike buttons because they were so overwhelming, Right. Like every or or you see this on Rotten Tomatoes, right, where you'll have some critically acclaimed movie that's scoring 98 percent because it's so woke and brave. But then it turns out the the actual public despises this thing. Like every time you actually have a little hint of the people actually saying what they think, they are universally against them. And what's stunning is that that's after K to 12 worth of brainstorming, right? Another four years, maybe another six years if you did grad school. I mean, the average American has been nonstop brainwashed for like 16 years. Uh, and then they watch the media and they get Hollywood and they get all this garbage. So after it really an entire lifetime of brainstorming, the fact that we can debate whether it's half, but it's approximately half the population completely rejects this. And actually, you know, when you see little things like the YouTube dislikes and, you know, anytime people can express themselves, whenever Joe Biden goes to visit some town, you know, and, and you've got people lined up against the side of the road and uh, they're not fans. So what's astounding to me is that we are fighting them. You can debate whether we're, you know, equal or but the fact that it's even a competition when every single kid is run through a propaganda factory, these madrasas of left wing ideology for 16 years to me is shocking. What it tells me is that without the censorship, right, without the government funding, almost the entire institutional left is funded by your taxes. It's absolutely disgusting. They say donations. What they mean is that a little bit of seed money comes from government right? The, to uh, build capacity, they call it, which really just means to go into marketing. And then they're going to use that to basically uh, um, you know, dilute it with enough uh, voluntary donations that it looks like it's it's Sure. Uh, so let, know, me let me back up what you're saying, Peter. Let me back up what you're saying. You're saying historically the tide always turns and you're betting on humanity. So am I.
My problem is yeah. a lot of times civilizations collapse to defeat they that do. corruption, and then we rebuild yeah. with the bioweapons, the chemical weapons, the nuclear weapons, and God knows what else. You add that wild card. I want to challenge the establishment to realize, yeah, you can destroy the British Empire, consolidate your money, move it to America and make us the new empire, or set up China as the new corrupt empire. But if we all kill each other and we have a nuclear war, it'll, you won't be able to restart. And so I think that's why we could be at the end of history if, if the establishment doesn't have some pangs of sanity. And I think we're seeing that with an Elon Musk, and we're seeing that with yes. the Peter Thiels, who aren't perfect, so that's why they're being attacked, right. because they're actually smart enough to go, this is not going well. And, and, and so can you right. speak to that? Because here's an example. They ran all the fake headlines. Like they would, you know, 30 years ago it's been released that uh, a, a toy company would pay local news channels across the country to say, we're here at the mall, everyone wants the Cabbage Patch doll. Well, no one wanted the Cabbage Patch doll, but they're all selling out. They'd show two women fighting over it. They did the same thing in the last three months. Everyone wants the new shot. It's selling out long lines. They, they, you know, they stage fake videos like they did during the first COVID lockdowns of, oh, all the sick people in the mask. It was, it was, it was theater, and the hospitals weren't full. So they did that, and only 2% have taken the shot. So that shows a flat line. They hoaxed us, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So the scams work that they've been waiting for, Disease X, the big Carnegie Endowment, UN, Rockefeller lockstep plan for world government. They launched it, worked for a while, blew up in their face, they had to pull it back, and now each new trick only works shorter and shorter. It's like when you spray poison on cockroaches, within three generations they become immune. So comparing us to cockroaches, because the globalists see us as that, it's not working anymore, Peter. And so that's why they're in crisis mode. Yeah, um, I think, you know, a lot of that, I think, has to do with the Internet. Um, we do have a lot more ability to communicate. Uh, we have sort of a stronger immune system against the BS. You know, when you uh, the examples you're giving, um, you know, radio forever, you had payola where, you know, like every top hit is basically fake. Um, you look back at the BS we got in every single war going back through, you know, Vietnam, through the Gulf War, uh, babies and incubators. I mean, they've always been lying. But I think really the world changed with the Internet where we could now fact check. We can now get alternative views. And, you know, you mentioned Elon Musk. Uh, I, I think that so the elite is not a hum, a homogenous whole, right? You've got sort of like layers. Of it's the a elite, wolf right? pack. So you, it's a predator class. And they're going to have ones that are smarter mm -hmm. and, and don't go with the pack. Exactly. And you've also got sort of concentric circles, right? So you have like the semi-elite and the quasi-elite and the hopes to someday become elite. You have these sort of layers. And a lot of those sort of secondary or I don't know if you call them outsider elite, they're constantly trying to, you know, maneuver and get their way into the center. Yeah, they're so contenders to the throne. Exactly. Exactly. So those guys are alert, I think, to public opinion. Um, so, you know, you have this process where something like the Internet like we need some way to communicate and to frame things and to, you know, present alternative views. And then there are all these, you know, people like Elon Musk who are not quite part of the central elite, but they're, they're close enough that they could definitely be a contender and they're, you know, alert to these other points of views. And if they feel like those are overwhelming um, opinions and they sort of jump on that. Now, I mean, I think, you know, Elon Musk, for example, I think that he's uh, genuine in his opinions. I mean, he's been really transparent. Like he's evolved on a number of topics and he well, kind of does talk about his heavy, He also senses this elite is out of control and illegitimate and dangerous. Yep. 
He doesn't yep. want to blow up the future for his children. He believes in having children. So you, you, you just said it. Betting on humanity versus not betting on humanity. But, but, but let's go back and give a prime example. Al Gore did not invent the internet in 1994 with a Senate vote. He just passed some funding to expand it. It was developed right. by the technocrats in the 1961-62 by ARPA mm-hmm. and DARPA to be the, quote, intergalactic, we'll put it on screen, intergalactic communication systems. And this big psychiatrist, Superbrand at the Pentagon, said, we want to have central computers, we'll give people little computers once we have that technology, where we can monitor our propaganda with a giant technocracy to control humanity to make them serve as one. But then notice how it backfired on them. So they built this Mm -hmm. and rolled this out not to survive nuclear war with the Russians. That was the public (laughs) PR, but as an ultimate psychological warfare MK ultra program. And now no matter what they try, it does build out, but not a Russian attack, but a censorship attack. And no matter what they do, it does keep living and, 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 and surviving. So that's betting on humanity. They built this to control us as a worldwide web of control, but instead it's backfiring. It absolutely is. And, you know, we're going back and forth, right? So early on in the Internet, there was, you know, you had relative free speech, of course. Uh, I think 2016 was really a wake-up call for them, Brexit and Trump. Those two things happened so close that, you know, they'd really been coasting ever really for 100 years, ever since the uh, the progressive era. They'd been coasting on the assumption that they were going to win, that they were right. History's on their side. All they have to do is kind of sit back and relax, and they're going to inherit the earth. And right, 2016, I think, really showed them that this internet they created, that maybe they planned as... You no, know, I this totally agree. They were totally arrogant and thought the, the populace yep. were a joke, and they finally went, oh, we're getting our ass kicked. Right, right. And so that's why it was, uh, uh, you know, the empire struck back, and you talk about that at the moment. Okay, look, you guys are doing great. You're occupying new ground. They, why the are you CIA into admits crazy they lost the Afghan war after 20 years because they tried to teach Afghans to cut their children's genitals off, and the Afghans <laughs> totally turned against them. I mean, yeah, I, right. I, I could, any idiot could tell the Pentagon don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. It's like they don't have the guardrails. You know, there was a time in the past where they were evil, but they were kind of smart about it. Right. You know, they were kind of moving step by step and they were kind of bringing the people with them, you know, and they would cooperate with Hollywood to get a movie to get. Uh, you remember Breaking Bad, how, you know, he didn't have a health insurance. And I mean, that was amazingly well timed for the Obamacare push. You know, they were kind of smooth about it in the past. And now it's like they just look panicked, like they just grab anything they possibly can, whether or not the people are against it. So in a sense, it's in the short term, it's dangerous. Um, but I think it's excellent uh, in, in, in terms of long term prospects. Like, what is the world going to look like for our kids and grandkids? I think they're losing. They know they're losing. They still have all the power. They can do a lot of damage between here and there. But I am extremely optimistic. I agree. You're, you're incredible. And I'm just jumping in because I'm so excited. You're so on target. We've got like 10 minutes left. Exactly. Other topics. What else you want to hit? Okay. Um, probably the biggest economic topics are the debt unsustainability. That's just completely out of control. They're talking, you know, over a hundred trillion dollars by 2050. Uh, they're doubling down. The Wall Street Journal just came out and said that the deficit this year is actually a lot bigger than even Joe Biden saying because they, they had, you know, a funny way to calculate student loans. So we're like two trillion. It just keeps growing. They keep com- coming out with these unicorn farts. Uh, they're going to spend trillions of dollars to break the economy. <laughs> so I think, 
you know, I think we've got stagflation in the future here. The last time they really screwed the pooch was the 1970s, right? They had this runaway inflation that came down and they were, you know, they sort of sounded the all clear. They said, okay, you know, fix that. And and that took off again, right? So, you know, it ends up looking like a camel's back. Stagflation. And the way they... Bingo. And the way they finally fixed that. And those of us who were alive in the 70s, it was a horrible time. I mean, like, you know, the cities were collapsing. You had all these movies about, you know, Charles Bronson and, you know, going through the cities. Uh, they look like post-apocalyptic uh, landscapes. Um, but the the only reason that the 70s ended, you know, that the economic disaster of the 1970s ended is because Jimmy Carter, uh, I'm sure he regretted it, but Jimmy Carter put in Paul Volcker. And Paul Volcker ramped rates so hard that he crashed the economy. It was a horrible recession, but it killed inflation. But here's the thing. Jimmy Carter lost the next election, and people in Washington noticed that. So I don't think that we're going to get another Paul Volcker because they know that if you put in somebody who fixes the problem, your career is done. Exactly. So they'd rather go the Mexico route. They're going to devalue the currency. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I don't think they're actually going to fix it. And, you know, we were talking earlier that inflation is is sort of the lifeblood of the entire crisis industrial complex. Uh, if inflation keeps you know ramping up, then they're they're cut off like, well, either they're cut off or they have to double down and actually go into hyperinflation. So that I'm very um, encouraged about. But as you say, devaluing the currency, de-dollarization is a huge topic already. At the moment, the dollar is getting strong because we have these global crises. So that's sort of a short-term thing. Whenever the world goes to hell, the dollar gets strong, right? Even in 2008, during the 2008 crisis, the dollar went up like 40%, even though the crisis was coming from the US, right? So this is weird, but the reason is because if you're the reserve currency, then whenever people get scared, you know, it's the same as gold, right? People pile into you. So in the near term, I think, you know, the dollar is going to hold up great because uh, they're breaking the world as fast as they can. But in the long run, that's the concern is that the dollar is doomed. Um, you know, countries are trying to switch away from it as fast as possible. China is trying to bribe countries. They spend about $125 billion a year on their development bank to try to bribe countries out of the dollar because they fundamentally want to cripple America, right? They want to knock America off the world stage so that they can do whatever they want. And you know, the final thing, which is something that you've covered a ton um, to, uh, you know, which has been uh, really important is the spread of despair among people. And, you know, a lot of that, I think, is coming from the economy. Um, you see young people who say how they can't enjoy the lifestyle that they grew up in. Right. So they grew up in a four bedroom house in a middle class neighborhood. Here they are 40 years old with uh, roommates and no girlfriend and no prospect of ever having a family. Right. So America has never gone through that. We've never had a long period where the kids. are. That's right. We've been we've been growing except for a short period in the Great Depression. We've been growing the whole time. Yep. That's exactly right. So it starts to look like I remember years ago, I was posted in Argentina and I took a taxi and the guy was saying he was a philosophy, a former philosophy professor, but his kid couldn't read. That, I think, is the society that we're coming to. And, I mean, that 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 blew me away because normally it's the opposite, right? You know, you go to a poor country and, you know, the the kid is the philosophy professor. Yeah, the goal is but each no, generation gets better. it actually does go backwards. So for the first time, we're breaking that chain. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly what's happening. And, you know, we're seeing it. You look at cities all over America. You know, you've got these thousands of really walking dead uh, those people, you know, they're not going to wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to get my act together. Uh, those, those people and are as lost. You're saying, like, they only got go there because we train, know if you feed very, very monkeys or out. squirrels or anything, whether it's in Japan or the U.S., or they, they start laying around. 
So it's, it's really a, a product of the parents being so nice. While the economy was cut out, these people will be forced back into production. The problem is the infrastructure for this bigger population has been removed. So even if they want to, it's not going to be there. That is yep. going to be cataclysmic. Yeah, well, it's amazing. Like you look at cities, so you can go to an inner city and you'll see like on a former main street that used to have restaurants, bars, theaters, all this. Instead, you'll see like a gas station, a liquor store, a Chinese takeout with bulletproof uh, glass and a whole bunch of charities all up and down as charities. It's the lighthouse, this and the, you know, hope for the future that. And you look and they're around farming and you're like, the poor. Okay, I get it. There is. That's it. There is an industry in this city. It it is creating poor people. I mean, it's yeah. So it it is shocking, and you know, e- even the relatively good parts of these neighborhoods. I grew up in Philadelphia, and you walk through like South Philly, and you can see all the street corners. They used to have stores. At one point, they had stores. They had plate glass windows. They look like they're built to be a store, but none of them are stores. They're all houses. All the stores are gone. They all got wiped out because government made it so hard to run a business you know they would they would put new rules in you'd have to switch out your uh, ventilation system because of the global warming just endless series of rules they finally just gave up everybody now goes to big boxes out in this out out you know out in the suburbs and then the cities are left to just fester like this i think that's really and now the they're country. looting the you big boxes it. in you the know, suburbs people- and they're closing so at that point, right, you're down to Amazon, and you got to hope that they don't rob the. No, no, no. We're now down to the U.S. To National Guard running the migrant centers in New York. I mean, it's collapses here. Look at this video, guys. Show this to TV viewers. Yeah, this is uh, National Guard has taken over the Roosevelt Hotel in New York. They have blacked out the name of the hotel on the sign. National Guard stopping Americans saying this is no longer a hotel; it is a migrant center for illegals. So while we sink Cloward and Pibb, and they're bringing more on. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and you know, you see that now reflected in the kids, right? So uh, I, I think you'd probably know the statistic, but more than a third of children are on antidepressants. Yes. Right. I mean, you've got, you know, suicide rates, just absolute despair. I mean, we are creating the society with no hope. Um, it's depressing to see, but it's also invigorating to be able to fight it, because if you show people what's happening, they flip, they get angry, they come over on your side. No, I agree, but I think you hit the key, Peter, and that's that they used our Christian morals to help people to bring in these yep. organizations and groups that knew they were farming a political group they could control, but during their takeover, it made them money and power, but now the whole house collapses. It's like cancer. If con- cancer out of consciousness, it would say, I'm winning until the body dies, and I, and I think the left has to realize they yes. are the cancer. That's a beautiful metaphor. Yes, exactly right. That's what's happening. Fortunately... You know, the frog jumps when the water is boiling, but the frog also jumps if you sit down and patiently explain to the frog that the water is getting hotter and that it's going to boil at some point. So, I mean, I think that's what you and I both try to do is to explain to people that the water is getting really hot. And if we don't do something about it, it is going to boil. We try to do that before it actually boils. Peter St. Ange, very impressive as always. Thank you. I feel like boosted brain wise you are amazing <laughs> please join us whenever you want come back on come on our other shows we love you peter st ong.com o-n-g-e uh and you can find him on twitter as well most of you know who he is uh you've been viral for a long time but man you are like you're just everywhere i mean what some of your videos are getting like 10 million views 
I've been shocked. You know, I used to do these videos. I used to teach at an MBA and they would give me 9 a.m. classes. So I had to get my hungover grad students out of bed. So I did these little shticks just to entertain them. And people like it. People love it. So yeah, what are you reaching a week right now? 10 million, 20 million? I mean, Uh, probably about seven, probably about seven to 10 million per week. Yeah. Uh, it's been, and there's so it's many smart shocking. guys like you. That's what gives me hope. Even they put me in prison or kill me. I'm like, well, hey, 2.0's here, so whatever. You, you're screwed, New World Order. <laughs> no, it, you're absolutely right, though. Like, when I started the video, I've had all kinds of people reach out on our side who've asked, like, oh, I want to do videos. How do I do this? And, you know, I tell them, okay, here's my equipment. Here's how you do it. Here's the editing. There is an army of guys who are joining the party so it it is a really exciting time to be in this peter incredible please join us again soon you are amazing godspeed i will thank you alex thanks for having me on thank you they're not going to stop us (laughs) we'll be right back stay with us where were you when humanity was fighting for its life where were you when the globals were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists, and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book, part two of The Great Reset and the War of the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly more powerful book, and just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the Info War. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support, but this is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now.